0: Today on the Main Quest Podcast, I'm talking about Bonk's Adventure. It's your host, Keith, and welcome to the Main Quest Podcast. I am horribly tired. My mic is horribly sensitive today. It's picking up a lot of shit that it usually doesn't pick up, and it's concerning me just a little bit, but at least I don't have to sit so fucking close to the mic, I guess. So there's that. The weird thing about being self quarantined is that sleep doesn't matter anymore. So last night I get into bed and it took me quite a long time to fall asleep. And when I finally did, I only slept for maybe a few hours. And I found myself waking up at like 3.30am and I'm laying there for like a good half hour. And I'm like, why am I even trying to fall back asleep? It's not like I have to go to work or anything. Why don't I just be up? I have all day to sleep. I can just fall asleep wherever I want. Fuck it, I might just fall asleep while I'm recording this. So if you hit, hear like a sudden thud, it's because my fucking self-imposed narcolepsy kicked in. Uh. Anyway, um, I don't have any real follow-up from last week's episode. I still don't like the legendary acts. I guess the only uh real thing... I wanted to say is um, if anybody was offended by me joking around about cults last week, just up front I want to apologize, and I'm really glad that uh, those of you that are in cults have finally found your people. You you finally found a group of people that will accept you. Also, you should leave and get out. It may be too early to start thinking about merch, but I do have an idea that I want to sketch out of like a a bear wearing uh robes and like uh the Nike sneakers uh standing around like a a cooler full of Kool-Aid or something the whole idea behind uh the legendary axes cult full of bears and the giant monsters just fucking it's so stupid that i love it but anyway uh besides uh quarantine uh Resident Evil 3 came out the Resident Evil 3 remake i haven't touched it yet i'm kind of waiting for nightfall to do that I've kind of uh, read some initial responses to the game, and a lot of people are mad that it's really short, but from what I remember is that the original RE3 was very short. All the Resident Evil games are relatively short if you know exactly what you're doing. I'm surprised that this wasn't a complaint for the RE2 remake. I only played through RE2 twice, and on my second playthrough, I probably got through it in three hours probably which isn't the fastest time i mean there's people that can beat it in like 40 minutes so i feel like a six-hour casual playthrough on re3 is relatively normal it's a little strange it's a little strange for myself to not have gone back and played the original re3 recently about a month before the re2 remake came out i i played through the original and had a fucking blast although it's it's, you know the camera angles and stuff and the aiming there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up very well but i still had a really good time with that game um which i'm sure you know i'll talk about in like 200 episodes from now but then after after playing that and then a few weeks later playing the remake i was just fucking blown away so i wish i wish i had some context for for this remake my excuse though is that i played the fuck out of Resident Evil 3. So I'm pretty so I'm pretty confident into uh going into this remake without having um a whole lot of uh I don't know, recency bias or something. I don't fucking know. So I've got that on my plate right now. Final Fantasy 7 remake comes out in a couple days. That's a game that's uh I don't know, just in my opinion is surrounded by a lot of problems. If RE3 is getting knocked around for only being a six-hour game and being full price, I have an argument for you. Maybe you shouldn't release a quarter of a game and say it's an entire remake for $60 when it's just the first four hours of the original game stretched out to 40 hours. I'm I'm really tired, you guys. I'm going to go into conspiracy mode a little bit, but I feel like with the Final Fantasy VII remake... Square Enix is kind of covering their asses a little bit. Just up front, out of the gate, just kind of giving you enough of the nostalgia. But also at the same time, changing the story just a little bit. I know there's supposed to be a new character. I'm not sure how they fit in. I guess I'm not worried, I'm just disappointed. Worried is is kind of a harsh criticism of the game. Because I can always go back and play the original and be 100% content with what I'm playing. But I feel like Square Enix is covering their asses because they're changing the story just enough so that they probably don't have to put out 10 separate versions of a game that they will probably never finish. I feel like in 2032, when Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two comes out, you're going to see a lot of different changes, and then by the time the third part comes out in 2077, For the 60th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, it's going to have the story is going to have to have changed drastically, and they'll wrap it up, and that'll be it. I just I can't see them. I just can't see them remaking the entire game at the pace that they're going. I played the demo, and I wasn't disappointed. There were times, like, up front, I got super emotional because the music is just... If anything that I'm going to get get out of this remake, it's the music. Uh, it's probably my favorite gaming soundtrack ever. But the battle system seems a little weird. I haven't played Final Fantasy XV, so I guess it's similar to that. It's also similar to 13, but I haven't played Final Fantasy 13 in the better part of 10 years. I mean, in my in my honest opinion, that the quality of Final Fantasies, at least modern Final Fantasies, has dipped severely. You know, ten Final Fantasy ten came out, and then there was basically no looking back. But listen, this this isn't about this isn't about Final Fantasy games. I just, I'm I'm starting to rant, and I'm I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. People just need to be happy with their games. If the RE three remake is too short, don't play it. It's fine. There's plenty of $60 games out there that are super short, but also enjoyable. The time and effort that that team at Capcom put into making these remakes, it's just the way that they look and they, and they sound. I mean, the sound design in the in the RE2 remake is fantastic. It's well worth a $60 price tag. And you know, grapes aside, with the Final Fantasy VII remake, you know, same story there. It's it's definitely worth the price tag. It's just you're not even getting an entire game. I'm gonna I'm gonna start all back up again. Let's fucking move on to today's game. I'm talking about Bonk's Adventure. Adventure is a side-scrolling platformer developed by Red Company and Atlas and was released in 1990 in the U.S. for the TurboGrafx-16. It is the first game in a very long line of sequels. Uh, Those later sequels kind of go off the rails, but is in total an 11-game series, I believe, and only the first three were released on the TurboGrafx-16. In Japan, Bonk is not called Bonk, he is called PC Genjin, which is a play off of, yeah, you guessed it, the PC Engine. Bunch of dad jokes over there in Japan. But in Western fashion, of course, we have to just change everything, and so here in the US we named him Bonk. The game was later ported to the NES, which that version's a little worse for wear than the TurboGrafx-16. Uh, sprites are don't really look exactly the same due to the uh, lower color palette. Everything overall is just kind of a drop in quality, especially for the environments. But back in the late 80s and early 90s, I'm I'm sure it had to have been pretty nice to be able to still play a brand new game on a different console, especially one that's much more affordable than the TurboGrafx-16. Eventually, uh, Bonk's Adventure was re-released, Uh, through Nintendo's Virtual Console and the PlayStation Store. And along with its direct sequel, Bonk's Revenge, both games will be on the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, which I hear uh, a lot of people are starting to receive. I think after the turbografx Mini was kind of said to be delayed, a lot of people just canceled their pre-orders and uh, ordered from Amazon Japan and got the PC Engine Mini. So looking back on my personal history with Bonk's Adventure, I think I was maybe like five or six when we had it, but I know for certain it is my earliest gaming memory, and within reason because most games back then weren't, I don't want to say as detailed, but Bonk's Adventure definitely has its own art style, similar to Alien Crush. Alien Crush has its own style. Legendary Axe just kind of looked like every action platformer that was out around those days Bonks Adventure didn't look like anything else it definitely had its own style and i think that specific style that it has had a lot of reach for kids my age and maybe slightly older i think older kids were already kind of moving on to the genesis um i think sonic the hedgehog was already out and we all know that whole story i won't get into how sonic and Mario just basically were everywhere, and Bonk was not. But for me personally, somebody who owned a Turbo Graphics and and who played Bonk, that style stuck with me. And and even when I started getting into art and I started illustrating, a lot of my illustrations were similar to, to Bonk. It was just kind of like these very round round lines, very expressive looking faces with sharp features. Uh, that's that's the best way it, it, and kind of like a weird gross out art style in a way uh very typical of the 90s very typical of that time what i remember most is just my mom watching me play the game fuck me if i could ever get past the first level i don't i don't actually remember how far i got into the game playing through it playing through it today i honestly didn't remember anything past the first stage I remember that first boss, but I don't think it's because I remember getting to the first boss. That first boss was just in advertisements everywhere for that game. I'm pretty sure it was on the back of the TurboGrafx-16 box. I might be wrong about that, but I definitely remember seeing that first boss a lot. So uh, just seeing those first two levels, I'm probably pretty sure that when I was a kid and I got to the second level, and you had to like climb up the wall... Cause there's, there's like a wall that you have to get over. I probably didn't get any farther than that. But but those first two levels, I, I definitely, I definitely remember. And then I vaguely remember being inside, inside the dinosaur. And that's, that's the thing with this game. It's, uh, it's fucking really silly. Everything about its art style and execution is just very silly. It kinda drops off in silliness after the second level probably. It starts to get really bland. But we'll get all we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But uh Bonk was actually created originally uh as a comic book character. In Japan, for their turbografx sixteen magazine, they would have these uh comic book strips and Bonk was a comic book strip. And there are a lot of fan letters that uh Hudson and well, I don't know if it would be Hudson or NEC. But Regardless, they would receive fan letters asking if there was ever going to be a Bonk video game because why does all this existing IP have comic book strips in this magazine while Bonk does not exist as an IP but is in this comic strip? So NEC and Hudson ran with that and started development because they needed a, a, a mascot for the Graphics 16 or the PC Engine. And not that Nintendo exactly had a mascot in mind when the NES came out. I think Mario just kind of, I think that was just kind of like a logical step. Mario was in so many other games that weren't his own and Sega kind of were coming out the gates with, with Sonic. Um, I'm not too sure on the history of, of Sonic personally, because well, f- who fucking cares about Sonic, but <laughs> it, it's just weird that, that, NEC waited so long to kind of get into the war of mascots. I mean if you think about it, uh like Bonk, Bonk kind of seemed like the third party candidate. In fact, the the whole console, the whole console itself, the turbografx Graphics 16, just kind of seems like like they were the Bernie Sanders and a Donald Trump versus Joe Biden world. I'll let you decide whether Nintendo's Donald Trump or Joe Biden and Sega's that. Um but um uh, Bonk uh Bonk was incredibly cute in Japan. I mean, the comics are kind of very lighthearted and, and cheery and there's like hearts and shit. Very, He was very cute. But of course, when he came to the West and we, we changed his name to Bonk, he had to be mean. I mean, right on the cover artwork for the, the game, he's got like a scowl on his face and he's Holding his fists out, even though they're very tiny fists. And he's looking real mean, just, just so that they could compete with not so much Mario, but with Sonic's sassy attitude. Sonic was a very sassy hedgehog in, in North America. And despite everything that would eventually happen with NEC and, and Hudson, Bonk was kind of a quiet success. I mean, that you don't get 11 fucking sequels if if you're not successful with a character and something else that kind of helped the game was just dinosaur height this was the first game in a long line of games to come in the late 80s and early 90s that had cavemen protagonists and antagonists and and prehistoric settings uh just because we were fucking dino crazy in the in the 90s i'm not sure what it was I know Jurassic Park came out in like ninety three or ninety four, but there was just this uh, cultural awareness of of dinosaurs for some fucking reason, and people and kids. I, I know I was which fucking jumped right in. Some of these games are more successful than others. There will be a lot of them that I'm playing. I don't I don't count Legendary acts underneath that that umbrella. Uh, it just kind of seems more of like a. It seems more like a seems more like a, a warrior type or uh, a Hercules type of game other than just a caveman. Um, there's no like dinosaurs in that game. I don't fucking I don't remember. There were bears. Bears definitely. I don't think bears existed in, in prehistoric times. Uh, so so anyway, so yeah, that's so I think uh, the dinosaur boom uh, kind of propelled Bonk a little further uh, than it probably would nowadays and so replaying this game today uh, was actually my first time playing it since I was a kid and I know last episode and and even up until I threw that hue card in um I was really excited and then I got to like the second level and I'm like oh oh no (laughs) I was I almost called this uh I almost call this podcast the Nostalgia Buster because, um, there's gonna be a lot of games I'm gonna be super excited to replay that I haven't replayed since my childhood. And I know I'm just gonna, I'm just, hey, spoiler alert, I'm gonna shit on this game. I mean, the, the, the initial idea for this whole, this whole thing that I'm doing, this whole quest that I'm going on, replaying all these games is stemmed from, stemmed from me replaying Goldeneye, like, six years ago and I was like fuck this game <laughs> this I don't want to fucking play this is awful this plays like shit uh so, so just spoiler alert like I'm I'm gonna shit on Bonk's Adventure uh but within reason so it's right from the start screen I just like the other games that I've played so far it just drops you right into the game and, and you just go so the one thing that sets this game apart from the other games that I've played so far, which I know isn't isn't a lot, um, is that there's some discernible plot. There's actually some dialogue in the game that kind of tells you what's going on. It's not a great plot. In fact, it's the same plot as the Legendary Axe, um, minus the cult. There's no cult or, or bears or anything, but there's dinosaurs involved. It is 100%, once again, you, the main character, Bonk, needs to go rescue a princess from some evil threat this is this is game number two you take a take a shot take a shot every time this plot comes up because it's gonna it's gonna come up until like I don't know things get interesting in like the mid nineties so bonk as I said before is a caveman but uh he also kind of looks like Charlie Brown uh, so he's like a caveman Charlie Brown and he has to go on an adventure to save Princess Za for whatever reason. Princess Zah is abducted by King Drool for unknown reasons. King Drool looks like a like a f- fucking he's a flying dinosaur. He's like a flying T-Rex or something. His head is gigantic and his body is very tiny. Um, and along the way you fight four bosses, each of whom are under Drool's control through like a an egg helmet. It's like a it's like a half of an egg on top of their heads. And some of just the casual enemies you come across have these like eggs on their heads as well. In fact, at first I thought they were like skulls on top of their heads, like uh like a like a Q bone. I I keep referencing Pokemon. This is my second Pokemon reference in in two episodes. Some of these common enemies just they look like Q bones. Uh but I I think it's just like an egg because dinosaurs dinosaurs lay eggs, I think. I don't know. But after uh each one of these bosses uh they Become friendly, and they drop some dialogue. Uh, some of the dialogues a little puzzling, but after you beat the first boss, uh, he essentially tells you that they were being controlled, and then he just kind of barks at you. And that's just that's just some of the weird some of the weird dialogue. Like the other the other like I think this, that the second boss says that like you have won their uh their mind and their soul and their body, and that um they they want to take you out to a nice dinner for rescuing them and uh go back to their apartment and who knows who knows what happens um and then um the the third boss drops some dialogue that he's a monkey but he's clearly like a crocodile man and i'm sure that some of this dialogue suffers from translation issues uh, but at the same time, I, I think it kind of, uh, I think it fits kind of like the the art style and the charm of, of the game. Uh, after this third boss, this is also where you first learn about Princess Zah and I audibly sighed. And then um, the fourth boss mentions uh, another beloved princess. And at this point in the game, you you still don't like, you still don't know really what's going on. You, you get that you have to go rescue Princess Zah but it's the way that the fourth boss talks about this other princess you think that there's two princesses but at the end by the end of the game you you figure that Princess Zah, like rules over all these beings and they all are from the same land which is not land it's the moon and it's called boonland so all these people are from the moon and so when the fourth boss mentions this princess they're actually talking about Princess Zha and not like some other princess. So it's a little confusing, but again, I think it's it's some translation stuff. So once you rescue Princess Zha, who is being controlled by King Drool as well, uh, she mentions her and the other characters you rescued are from Moonland. And interestingly enough, Princess Zha just isn't a female version of Bonk. Which I feel like in any other game would happen. I mean look at Legendary Axe is just the female character you rescue is just a palette swap of you. Instead, Princess Za is some sort of dinosaur or or seal or something. I don't I don't really I'm not really sure what Princess Zah is, but Bonk totally fucks it. I mean they they, they start smooching at the end of this game. And like I said, I I think he totally fucks the ninja boss, the the second boss or whatever. Like, I just I just got my show notes right here that Bonk fucks. I think Bonk is is the first video game protagonist that that gets laid. At least the first protagonist that I that I cover. We'll get into it much much later with later games because we just get crazy with hot coffee and stuff um, down the line. But Bonk Bonk fucks, and I think uh, Rockstar owes. NEC and Hudson to check for that. So uh, getting into the levels, uh, again, this is just, it's a very basic side-scrolling platformer. Each level is broken up into subsections, uh, much like Mario Brothers. Uh, So for example, there's 1-1, and then there's 1-2, and so on and so forth. And speaking of Mario Brothers, the first level is very reminiscent of Mario Brothers. It's more or less teaches you all of the mechanics of the game, um, aside from the wall climbing, which is introduced into the next section. Bonk basically has the ability to jump, and your main attack is head manging, or or bonking, if if you will. Uh, you can also combine uh, your attacks with jumping to either hold the attack button to do a diving headbutt into the ground. Uh this causes more damage than your initial ground attack. You can also combine your jump with the attack button and continually mash the attack button to put Bonk into a perpetual mid-air spin. There's actually a speedrunner that goes by the name of Great John, um, who uses this perpetual spin attack uh alongside with the turbo switches on the controller to literally just fly through the majority of the stages. And and he like he combines this with these uh these little flowers that are scattered across the stage and basically kind of like clips like clips them and and like bounces off of them to to gain like momentum or whatever anyway it's this is something that i tried to do and i couldn't pull it off but there are moments where if you get enough height you can just basically sail over like a good a good portion of the stage and then there's uh One last way to attack enemies, and that's if they are above you, uh, you can just simply jump into them. This is one of those things that's uh, slightly broken, because logic dictates that if Bonk is able to damage enemies, no matter where they hit his head, that the enemies shouldn't be able to damage him if you're not attacking. So it is a little annoying when enemies are able to just dive bomb you out of nowhere and you take damage despite you being able to damage them if you happen to be jumping it is a little fun though uh if if you do pull this off you can kind of juggle the enemies throughout the stage uh there was one case where i just juggled an enemy to the end of the stage uh you just continuously just keep bopping them into the air uh so that's that's kind of fun but beyond that i'm just gonna be blunt i'm just gonna be completely up front the controls in the responsiveness of the controls are just downright awful for a platformer. Uh, th- these these controls are reprehensible, and I think it's because you know they they were able to put so much detail into these sprites and animate them so well that the controls just kind of got lost in translation. Uh, just just Bonk's regular attack just takes too long to to recharge recharge isn't the right word but to for bonk to reset himself after attacking just takes too fucking long and it's i think it's slightly reminiscent of uh the axe swing in in legendary axe at least in the legendary axe uh i'll give it i'll give it one one piece of uh positive a- affirmation it, it, at least there's a power up that kind of lets you uh cheat the shitty animation of of swinging the axe and even the landing animation, when, when Bonk jumps, it, it, it just takes slightly too long. And because the landing animation takes long, once once you think you've hit the ground and you're ready to jump again, Bonk just kind of stands there because the animation wasn't over before you hit the button. And the most annoying animation is is the dive bomb. Because if you happen to miss an enemy as you're dive bombing them, you're going to stay on the ground for at least an entire second without... Doing absolutely nothing except probably taking damage. The little animations are cute, and it's it. Like I said, it definitely the game is just dripping with style. But to sacrifice gameplay, uh, especially I mean, even just the jumping to sacrifice the jumping for for animation in a platformer is fucked. It completely sucks, and it, it's completely unforgivable for a game in this genre. And in some of the areas of this game. Bonk will just completely clip through the pixels of a platform and that'll either, that'll either backtrack you. Like you'll just fall. You'll, you'll fall from where you were or you'll happen to take damage. There's areas where there are crocodiles and you can fall from a platform and land in the water and these crocodiles will take you out. They, they take a ton of damage from you. The most egregious platforming section is, um, in the fourth section of level five. And I mean, you can just, I have an example of that up on my Instagram. Bonk just clips through platforms, just willy nilly clips through platforms. Could you imagine the first Mario Brothers game, 1984, Mario is capable of hitting the edge of a block and staying on it. You can creep up to the edge of a block and stay on it. His One of his feet might just be completely just in midair, but he's still he's still standing on the block. In 1989, 1990, uh, I mean, you know, clean it up for the U.S., you know, you had time. It, it's just it doesn't it doesn't work. It's 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 a fucking platforming sin. So finally, the last mechanic is the wall climbing. Uh, Again, great, great animation here. Um, Bonk basically gnashes onto the side of the wall with his fucking teeth. Wherever you are, wherever you are right now, just go up to a wall and then just start chewing on it. Just start chewing on it. See see if you can climb up the wall that way. So, yeah, he just latches onto the wall with the teeth and then he just slowly climbs up the wall. And I mean fucking slowly. The, the climbing is awful. The climbing sucks. And you're just sitting there. You have to just basically just mash the... Ah, oh fuck. I don't I don't remember. It's either to jump or attack a button. I don't fucking remember. Um, But you just have to sit there and just mash the button continually until he climbs up the wall and he just climbs so slowly. Luckily climbing isn't a mechanic that's used too often in the game. There is an entire section in level two that's dedicated to climbing. Though in the same level there is kind of like this uh swivel mechanic. You and all the while you're climbing these these huge trees and and Bonk is kind of able to swivel around the tree trunk from left to right. And so that's that's kind of cool, but it's still really fucking annoying it's it's still a really bad level the only other parts where you may have to climb is uh some of these uh waterfall levels uh there's there's a few levels where there are waterfalls and you can possibly fall and so i think very much in the same way where he gnashes his teeth into the wall i think he like gnashes his teeth into the water or maybe he's like gulping the water I or maybe swimming up the waterfall like a fucking salmon like I can't really tell what kind of animation is going on but essentially Bonk has to swim up the waterfall there is a a section of the game that's also dedicated to this whole waterfall climbing thing uh late in the game in, in level five it's it's not as long as the tree climbing level in level two but, uh, it's there and it, it's annoying. So before I actually start getting into the levels a little more, let's, let's go through the power-ups, which are kind of more of the interesting aspects of the Bonk series. The most important power-up in the, in the Bonk series is meat. And I think Bonk is a testament to what meat can do for your body. Um, cause essentially, so essentially there's, there's like uh there's little meats and big meats, uh scattered throughout the game, and, uh, gathering meat opens up new abilities for Bonk. So, collecting one little meat causes Bonk's head to explode. Um, it actually, like, his head actually opens up, and, like, a mushroom cloud, like, fucking bursts from it, and then he's transformed into something that's much less cuter than his base form, and he's got, like, uh, these blue pigtails... You almost think this should have been like the cover for the game in the US, like this form of bonk, maybe the next form of bonk, not just like his base form. His base form is adorable. This is this is kind of hideous. This is hideous looking. Yeah, he's got and he's like got blue pigtails or something come out of his head. I don't know what the fuck it is. And collecting just one little meat allows you to uh, it makes your initial attack much stronger, but also the head die that you can perform causes all nearby enemies to freeze for a short period of time. Collecting another meat while in this form, or what I like to call meat stacking, uh, will make Bonk completely invulnerable for about 10 seconds. Um, And in this form, he's able to walk much faster, uh, jump higher and further. Bonk also physically transforms. Again, he goes through the whole head exploding animation again. At the end, he gets a fantastic looking tan, but he's even more grotesque. He has a, a giant scar across his head. And I mean, in context, it makes sense because his fucking head exploded. So, of course, he's going to have to have surgery and there's going to be complications. He's a caveman. So luckily, there's there's little to, to no damage to to his cognitive functions or anything like whatever cognitive functions a caveman had. And his pupils are completely gone, and it's just, this is the furthest from cute that Bonk looks. If you happen to stack another meat while in this invulnerable stage, um, the timer for that invulnerability resets to 10 again. Um, And finally, uh, along with little meats, there is, of course, big meat. And if you collect big meat, this bypasses Bonk's second transformation and hits you directly with that sweet sweet invincibility bonk can hold both transformations for a time uh stepping down from three to two to one um otherwise if you take damage in either form he just naturally regresses to the previous form uh bonk's life gauge consists of three hearts which reduce in different amounts depending on what you're hit by a total of five heart containers are obtainable in the game Well, i should say there's There's two extra heart containers that you are able to obtain, giving you a total of five. And the extra two heart containers are actually kind of rare, so they are missable if you're not looking for them. Bond can refill his life gauge in a couple of different ways. Uh, Collecting fruits and vegetables, or small hearts that drop from enemies, um, or flowers that are scattered around stages uh, that will incrementally fill your heart containers. And lastly, hidden within certain areas of the stages, you can find a giant heart which naturally maxes your life gauge out. And drop in the game are these smiley faces i don't i don't uh understand the the smiley faces i think that's just a, a japanese thing that my fucking united states brain doesn't understand but i guess that's just again part of the charm of this game so these these smiley faces not only add to your overall points but after each boss fight the cumulative total of smiley faces that you, you have collected throughout the stages uh, will be counted up and can give you additional continues to the two that you already start out with at the beginning of the game. Speaking of continues, a huge thing that I really, really enjoyed about this game, especially because I died so fucking much, is the way the game lets you start directly where you left off if you happen to die. It's pretty similar to the way arcade games work. Bonk will go through his death animation or whatever, but you can essentially just hit the start button or the run button and start off exactly where you were without losing any progress. So it's a very generous, it's very, it's a very generous system, which was a fucking surprise for me. Cause a lot of these, these early games are very unfair, uh, when it comes to, uh, death, uh, speaking of death, Bonk's death animation is, um, kind of disturbing uh basically he just kind of rolls over and his eyes start bulging out and he starts foaming from the mouth and then he just kind of silently lays there like he's in a fucking coffin or something or he should be in a coffin you can see an example of him just laying there at, at the start of the game he's just kind of like laying in the o and so when for somebody like me who has seen that death animation so often now when i see him on the on the start screen on the menu screen, all I can think of is, oh, he's fu- he's fucking dead. But anyway, uh, I'm, it's time to move on to the stages, finally. So, um, again, I'm just going to throw it out there, but these stages suck. They're just really boring. And when that is the game, like, that's literally the game. Like, without levels, there's no game. So when your levels aren't fun, the game isn't fun. And then you combine that with the shitty mechanics of the game. It's just, what is this? So I I, I guess to just to kind of uh, expand that that thought, um, all the stages are basically just like hallways with enemies in them. Um, And by the time I got to stage five, I was just pretty much done with wanting to play the game. I was basically just kind of like sitting there fucking looking at the clock like, how much fucking longer is this game? Because it just seems like it's just every level is exactly the same, except for like the one or two exceptions of of when you're doing some vertical platforming. But that that's it. You're just going from one end to the other, and there just happens to be enemies. And, and stage five is the fucking worst because it's the longest section of the game. In fact, I, I think without that section of the game, you easily cut. 15 to 20 minutes of of game time off of this the first few levels are are dripping with that personality that i think people remember bonk to be i think when people think about bonk and it certainly was the case for me they think about these first few levels again uh, one one is very much a tutorial level and uh as you move on you get to a dinosaur who once you attack like he he's like this huge, like the, the dinosaur is basically just this huge set piece and you're kind of crawling on him throughout the entire level. And once you get to the, the base of his head, you, you bonk him or headbang or whatever, you bonk him and he opens up his mouth and basically eats you. And then the next level, you are literally just inside the dinosaur. You're like, you're going, you're like, you're moving through his intest- intestinal tract and shit. And, and then you, you leave through his ass, you get to the you get to the end of the level, and it's clearly his asshole. And then there's like these little blocks, but they're like brown and cracked. So you're literally like you're initially just shoving your head into shit and, and breaking it, and then you drop out of his ass, and then you go to the next level. It's, it's, so I think it's it's the weird, the really weird shit like that that people remember Bonk for. But after those first couple of stages. That charm and, and wit and creativeness just takes a fucking nosedive because that kind of stuff doesn't show up for the rest of the game. And so the rest of the game is just kind of a slog. Every, everything is more or less basically the same. Especially, uh, I think it's 2-4. Stage 2-4 is just a very, very, very long level. And on top of that, the entire stage is, uh, covered in like this quicksand at the at the bottom of the stage and this makes bonk just very i mean he's already terrible the the jumping is terrible already and so it just makes it even worse that when you land in that quicksand and bonk is just completely unresponsive and then you combine this with trying to dodge enemies and and trying to avoid said quicksand and it's just inevitable that you will fall and you're just going to take all this damage but upon my second playthrough of this game, I, I played this more than once. There are these trees scattered throughout the level that are sentient. If you bonk them, and what they basically do, they they basically act as like a, a mode of transportation across the quicksand. And so if you if you bonk one of these things, what I found is you just ride on top of them and just keep taking damage until you die. And you should have enough continues to bring yourself back to life so you can essentially just lay dead on top of this tree and just cheese your way through the entire level because bonk won't he's dead he's not going to take any damage and the tree will just basically carry you to the end of the level where you can just use that extra continue bring yourself back to life and just beat the level it's kind of a it's kind of a nice break to just be able to put the controller down and just sit there and wait for the fucking three minutes it takes to get through that level um other examples of just terrible fucking levels are um three, three, and three, four, and those are just your basic water levels, but they're incredibly fucking boring most level most most water levels do suck and I think that's just like a universal thing, but these are especially shitty because there's nothing happening. all you're really doing is just swimming between enemies and kind of like making sure you don't get hit. But before you get to the levels, at 3-2, there's kind of like a fake-out bridge. You start walking on it, and it collapses, and then you fall into the water, and then that's when you get to 3-3. But there is a way to get across the bridge and skip 3-3 and 3-4. You just have to make sure you jump far enough into the middle of the bridge, and then, by the grace of God, hope that fucking Bonk will jump as soon as he lands and then do the spin-jump maneuver across, which will not only net you an extra continue, but you'll also skip those fucking water levels. I think this is almost necessary when playing this game, to skip those levels, to to not only uh, skip two incredibly boring and unnecessary levels, but also just to shorten this fucking game any way you can. the The best thing... I think the best thing going for these levels is just how they all look, and not to not to just keep reiterating you know what i've said in the past but the art style of the game is just it's very cartoony it has its own style and it's very apparent in the way that the the levels are illustrated or animated uh, because there's no need for picky details whereas you look at a game like legendary axe which is kind of like the epitome of detailed environments Bonk kind of lays into its cartoonish nature and and seems to pull it off pretty well. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to have those animations. You don't need to have like detailed rocks or or trees or anything like that. It stays, it lays into its cartooniness. But also at the same time, some of the levels can look like a a little flat. There's not a lot of shading going on or anything like that. But the flatness and, and stuff like that. I think is just inherent in in the design itself. I don't really think it hurts the game overall. And even the enemies mesh pretty well with the environments. They don't really add or take away anything, but they just kind of look like they're supposed to be there for the most part. And I think whether he'd like to admit it or not, um, Toby Fox probably took a lot of design cues uh, for the characters in Undertale from this game. And of course, I know one of his biggest influences as far as uh, like the character development and story is hugely taken from uh, his inspiration with playing Earthbound and all the mods that he did with that game. But the character designs of Undertale themselves, I think, are almost a direct parallel of the character designs of Bonk's adventure. Um, So let's uh, get into some of these characters a little bit. Not a lot of characters to speak of. Um, the most, the most that you will get out of this game, as far as characters go, are basically the bosses. There are four bosses in total, and you encounter them at the end of every area. And for the time, these bosses were incredibly well-designed sprites. I mean, they were huge, colorful, bombastic. I think I, I said earlier that first boss was all over promotional stuff for the game. This is our first game that introduces the whole concept of weak spots or flashing weak spots on an enemy to indicate where you should hit them. So, of course, in Bonk's case, you have to head dive. Well, the the preferred method is to dive bomb onto the boss's head so that you can dish out as much damage as you can. All you basically have to do is jump up to the highest platform and then from there directly dive bomb on top of the boss's head and then just bounce off and cycle through and just keep dive bombing, keep dive bombing and that's it. Um, And then, of course, you have uh, the final boss, which is King Drool, who doesn't have an initial indicator on him anywhere of where you should hit him but you've made it this fucking far so you know that you have to get on top of him and just smash him with your head and even if you're good enough at doing the whole cycling thing with your spin jump uh you can probably go two or three cycles and and beat him in a few seconds but overall the final boss isn't uh that big of a problem unless you don't have a lot of continues in your back pocket so let's Let's actually backtrack for a moment and and talk a little bit more about the final stage of this game. now, as I said before, it's really fucking long, super unnecessary, just tons of padding. Stage five essentially has four parts, but it's actually stretched out to like ten parts. Section five three has three additional parts added onto it that could just normally be a stage, and five four has four more parts. On top of that, that includes a boss rush and also the final act where you fly to Moonland and fight the final boss. So my first initial playthrough when I got to King Drool, after doing the boss rush, I had like one continue left. And my fucking neighbor's like really fucking loud. Anyway, (laughs) so I had one continue left on my first playthrough and King Drool fucking... He wrecked me. Getting hit by King Drool will fucking drain your life gauge pretty quickly, and so dying to him sets you all the way back before you do the boss rush, and you have to do the boss rush all over. First of all, this game has enough padding, especially these last these last couple sections. And then I saw a boss rush, and I'm like, "You got to be, you got to be fucking kidding me!" Because because you pass all the bosses on your way to King Drool, and then you kind of like fall through this like trap or something it's scripted you fall through this trap and then you're back down to where you just were and then you're like okay i gotta pass these bosses again but i mean on your first initial pass you know you're gonna have to fight them again and so on your second pass of course they come back to life and then you fight them and i'm just like this is like i was already done with this game 20 minutes ago and now i have to fucking do this and then i die and i have to fucking do it again ladies and gentlemen i was ready to tear my fucking hair out Because then, of course, you reset with your two initial continues, and the final boss doles out so much damage. I had to do this boss rush three times. Three times. Now, some of it is my fault. After my first playthrough, I went and and looked at, like, a NES playthrough. And I was just kind of skipping around or whatever, and I wanted to see if the boss rush was in that also. And I noticed that in the NES version, after every boss, they give you power-ups to refill either your life gauge, sometimes they'll give you meat, I'm sorry, sometimes sometimes they'll give you meat, and sometimes they'll give you, like, just flat out they'll just give you an extra continue. I'm like, oh, that's fucked. Like, why does the NES version get get to do that? Like, what the hell? The first boss, I start heading to the hallway towards the next boss, and I jumped where these pickups were placed in the nes version and the blocks break now anywhere else in the game where there's like a hidden area the blocks are clearly you can clearly notice that the blocks are breakable you can interact with them these blocks don't look any different from any of the other ones so how in the fuck was i supposed to know that there were health pickups there? Just fuck it. It sucks. It's just... I guess it's just one of those old school shitty game mechanic things. Like, oh, you don't know what's here, but it's here. And it's like, no, that's just fucking bad. That's just bad game design. So, the second time around, fighting K-Drool. K-Drool. I always want to say King k Rule. So, my second time through having to battle King Drool was a fucking cakewalk. It was, it was super easy. Because I... I had fucking lives and I had continues and whatever. Like I was fine. So if you do pick up this game, just know that in the hallways between the bosses and the boss rush, there are health pickups and continues and shit. Fuck. I'm having fucking flat. I'm getting fucking flashbacks. I'm fucking irritated. Anyway, um, so after uh the boss rush, I think before you actually before you actually fight uh King Drool himself. Uh, You have to fight Gadget from Chippendales. Not like the strippers, like Chippendales Rescue Rangers. That's kind of what Princess Za looks like at first. She kind of just looks like Gadget. But anyway, she's controlling this like sub-boss, which kind of looks like, like a dinosaur car. The boss is actually kind of tough. This is one of the harder bosses in the game. It has a couple different ways to attack you, all of which are just previous attacks that were used by the other four bosses that you already beat. Uh, but on top of that, it also kind of rolls around the arena and also, like, jumps around too. The main thing you have to know is that, uh, you can beat it by jumping on a small antenna that's on the front of its head. And then, um, finally, moving on to the soundtrack, which there's not really much to say about the soundtrack. Surprising, I know, I've been real down on this game, and I know you're all shocked that I don't have much to say about the soundtrack. The, the track for the first level's actually pretty catchy and and the jingle that plays at the end of each level kind of sounds like uh it was jacked by Seth MacFarlane for Family Guy. It reminds me of like the little interlude that plays when uh in Family Guy they introduce like a new scene to the show. But uh I I guess what hasn't Seth MacFarlane stolen. Honestly, out of the 3 games I've played so far, this is probably like the weakest soundtrack in my opinion. Not that the not that the soundtrack is is bad or anything like that, I feel like it definitely fits the art style of the game i I hate to keep going back to the art style of the game and and talking about that, but honestly that's that's the only thing this game really has going for it. The only good part of the last level is actually the song that plays. I think it's enough. I think it's in five four um I think that song's okay, and it the the music that plays during the the bonus stages and at the end of the game, um, I really like. It's it's kind of like a, a quieter, more uh, modest, spacey sound to it, which doesn't really fit well with the rest of the music, but it stands out like in a good way. Also, um, the moon at the end of the game has arms. And so speaking of the end of the game, I kind of want to just end this with this game has uh one of my favorite things that i think games of that era did pretty often which is instead of having like your typical credits you know showing the game designer sound designer storyboard people blah 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 storyboard as if there's a fucking story to this game um they uh they show you the cast as if like this was like a fucking like this was a movie as if like you were the entire time you weren't playing a game you were you were watching a movie which Hideo Kojima just kind of, think he ran with that. I think he played Bonk's Adventure and then was like, I'm going to make this weird, like, spy espionage game. And it's going to be like, you're not even going to play it. You're just going to fucking hit X and then watch what happens. And so there's like, there's like a a total of like 45, quote unquote, cast members in this game. Uh, And that's including the bosses. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read them all. I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of rattle off a list of, of my favorite names. Not necessarily like my favorite characters, just, just the names. So, first we have Al E. Gator. Then we have Freddy Frogger. And then we have Lupas It's Oompa Loompas, but without, without the M's basically. Lupas, Henry Hatchet, which is, I think that's the, uh, that's the Q bone looking motherfuckers. Bill Duck. Just Bill Duck. Uh, Funk E Fish, Blue Hawaii, B Ike Link, <laughs> so fucking stupid, B Ike Link, Bike Link, Raz Urback, and this one, this one's a little confusing, T-Rex, T-Rex, but the enemy sprite is clearly a fucking Triceratops, I don't mean to be like a dinosaur snob, but but what can I what can I say? I was a 90s kid obsessed with dinosaurs. I know my fucking dinosaurs, okay? And then you got Twinkle Toes, which are the moving trees in the Quicksand level or whatever. Apparently trees they they had to name the trees Twinkle Toes. Anyway, and then so and then for for the four bosses, your your first boss is named Huey. Second boss, uh which Bonk totally fucks is Gladys. And then the third boss because we have to just keep hammering home that this clearly like crocodile reptilian man is a fucking monkey his name is congozilla and then boss four is punchy pedro and then lastly the the dinosaur car his name is t ractor head t ractor (laughs) head bonk's adventure that's huh man i was so excited to i was so excited to go back to this game this was this was like the game this was the game for me it is my earliest gaming memory was playing this game this was gonna be this was gonna be the first episode but then i found out that we had alien crush and then i'm like well how am i supposed to make an episode about a pinball game? And then we all know how that went, added the graphic turbo graphics history and, and, and all that shit and as as I sat there playing the game, I, I slowly started to realize I was a little kid, and I was totally drawn in by the art style, which more or less actually holds up pretty well. The fantastic animations, the expressions on all these characters, and the way they react to each other. It's all at the detriment of the controls. And you just can't have a platformer without good controls. And so this game just fails. In my opinion, it's just not a good game. All the ideas are there, but it's just executed very poorly. So in a way, does, does it kind of kill the nostalgia for me? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't think so. I think, um, again, I, I still think the style and, and the artwork still, still holds up. I think it definitely aims for that like cartoony kind of look, and it, it pulls it off great. Everything looks good. Everything meshes well together. Nothing looks out of place. Nothing's jarring. It's not like I'm walking through a castle and there's a fucking bear or a rock guy attacking me. And that's that's what I remember from being a kid. That's what I remember being enthralled with was just the art style. And obviously it's went on to dictate what I would illustrate as a kid. So in that way, it doesn't ruin anything for me. I I, I probably never made it past the second stage anyway. So as I sit here in 2020 and and think about it, would I I recommend this game? Absolutely not. Skip it. I have no idea what Bonk's Revenge is going to bring to the table. In a weird way, I'm actually kind of looking forward to playing Bonk's Revenge. But I'm also mortified at the thought that what if they didn't fix the issues that this game has not reacting when pressing the jump button taking too long to hit an enemy taking too long to recover from a a missed attack um but fucking clipping through platforms clipping through platforms in a platformer i'm sure that's not going to be the last time we see something like that <laughs> even when we get into the fucking even when we get into like the 3d games like 3d platformers and shit i'm sure that that stuff's going to come up come up again but Mario Brothers has been out for like 7 years at this point it's not hard it shouldn't be that hard so we'll see we'll see uh did i say if i re- i don't re- i don't recommend this game don't don't play it just don't play this game so we'll we'll see what what bonk's revenge holds um i just found out last of us 2 is being delayed indefinitely which you know what despite everything that's going on Day hey, that's one hundred percent fine with me. I just put a two terabyte drive in my PS4 last year, and uh, I already have to start deleting things because there's no fucking room. I have I have no room for Final Fantasy VII. Why why is Final Fantasy VII fucking eighty five gigs? These games are fucking getting ridiculous. So um, yeah. It, anyway, I'm it's time to wrap it up. I need to go to bed. Um uh, you can email me at mainquestpod at gmail.com, hit me up on Twitter at mainquestpod, and check out the Instagram page at the underscore main underscore quest on Instagram. And so with that, I will see you guys next week with bonks Revenge.